Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Thoughts of a Praying Man live conversation series. Today's topic is balancing ambition and relationships. I'm your host, Curtis Walls. And I have to make sure that I acknowledge my amazing team. Uh, first, I would like to acknowledge my partner in crime, Rachel Bivens. <laughs> Sound, Jason Jett. Our lovely artist over here, Miss McFadden. All right, then we have a great videography and uh, photographer staff. Uh, we have my man, Kenyatta. We have Perugia, she's somewhere around here. Hey. All right, then we have Cam. Cam's right there. I would like to thank Tanya. She's in the back. She's right there. She's helping us out with everything. Then we have Terry, who's in the front, the first person that you saw when you walked in. And then Angelica, who's holding down the pop-up shop. Thank you for everything. When I first started the Thoughts of a Praying Man live series, I wanted to create a platform that was transparent and created a level of vulnerability. So with that being said, with our topic for today, the first thing we have to understand, there's nothing easy about being ambitious. There's nothing easy about having goals. The second thing is creating real relationships. There's nothing easy about that as well. And then especially when we want to talk about marriage. And then the next thing is understanding that times have changed. Times have changed, whether it's your career goals or it comes down to relationship realities. The dynamic of the household has to be reevaluated, redefined, and then reprioritized. Having the right ambition can lead us to the right people and relationships. Having the right people and relationships can empower and inspire our deepest ambitions. Now, at the same time, on the flip side, having the wrong people, the wrong relationships, the wrong ambition can exploit our insecurities, and then create toxic lifestyles. One of my favorite quotes is, a man's mind is elevated to the status of the woman he associates himself with. A man's mind is elevated to the status of the woman he associates himself with. So tonight, I want everybody to elevate their minds, and I want you to be inspired and empowered by everyone that is in this room. Because if you know me, you know we got goals. So at this point, I'm going to bring on George and Majesty Achenpong. <laughs> hey, Mash, how you doing? <laughs> Good to see you. What's up, brother? How you doing? All right. Y'all know I'm short. Y'all got these benches. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? So look, Match, how was your day? Great, great. Season yeah. familiar faces. How y'all family? What's up, what's up? What up, everybody? <laughs> what up, what up, what up? George, how was your day? Good, long. Long? Yeah, but it's Mine good. too, mine too. So look, I've known y'all for a long time. How many years has it been? About five, six years? Longer. Oh, longer than that? Yeah. It's been a while. So I met you all kind of when you all were still boyfriend and girlfriend. And then y'all mm -hmm. was there at the point of me meeting my now wife. Right. So with that being said, tell the audience a little bit of your story. You want to lead the charge? Sure, sure. So your Curtis is like family. Um, we have the pleasure of being the godparents to his beautiful daughter, love his son, CJ. 
I think we met like 2013. Wow. We met in 2011, and I feel like you okay. came early on. Right. When I was still feeling. I remember out. the first time I had an event at Apostrophe. Oh yeah. And yeah, you yeah. brought her to Apostrophe. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. You had the uh, BMW coupe. Oh yeah, I think it was sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that had me on his own, I was I was like, who is that, George? Yeah, you yeah, like, you know what I'm we saying. out here, we out here, we outside. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, finish. Um, I'm from Creedmoor, North Carolina born. Um, we met after school. Uh, when do you want to see Charlotte? Any 49ers in here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want. Oh, I just sent two. Hey, what's up, Kevin? Um, <laughs> went to UNCC, stayed at the school. A lot of my friends knew George, and I met him in 2011. It was like, why didn't y'all tell? me about him before. Talk I about it. Not been dating these knuckleheads out here in these streets, you know what I'm saying, wasting my time. But I went to UNCC. Um, I have a background in HR management. So um, in addition to the brands I do, I'm an employee relations manager for a corporate office here. And all that you all see on social media, I do have to work in part time. So that really plays a lot into us balancing our time because after work, I really have two more jobs I do after yep. work. So um, I'm a contributor on there for WCCB here and do some local news segments. I'm a blogger slash influencer, and I also host a influencer conference here called Ignite Your Influence. So juggling those hats while having the job of being his wife, trying to keep my sanity, whoa, whoa, trying, to, trying to keep uh, balance, and, and balance is an interesting word. So I love the conversation topic that you have yep. for us tonight. Let, let, me, let me give you all the, re the real version real quick, <laughs> real quick. So she was close. We met at a Halloween party at Republic. Y'all remember Republic? Anybody from Charlotte dated Republic? <laughs> and um, so for whatever reason, I didn't, I think I had went out the night before, so I didn't dress up the, the, uh, that night. So I stood out, because most people dressed up. And we were actually about to leave with our homeboy Thomas, and then he, he just convinced me to come back. Shout out to Thomas is in the room, raise your hand. Who takes credit for bringing this together? You know, but he convinced me, he convinced me to make a U-turn, and we, we went back in the, in the spot. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she was, you know, you she ain't was gonna checking at that. Huh? Is that what you said? You ain't going to holler at that. <laughs> Something of that effect. <laughs> um, and so we, uh, we ended up connecting through mutual friends. And, uh, you know, I got a number. I put, saved it in my notes because I didn't want to get lost in the sauce. Rewind. What? You got my number? Yeah, I said I got your number. You gave me your number. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. details, so details. I, well, even better. Even, you're right, even better. So I gave her my number, and she didn't want to get lost, so she put it in the notes. <laughs> But anyway, so we, I ended up leaving that night. A couple of nights go by, she ain't hit me up. I'm like, whatever, her loss. Um, and then ironically <laughs> enough, I'm just keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. Still salty, though. I've heard the same version. Like, yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. Um, and so then I think, like, ironically enough, like two or three nights later, at the time, I was a manager at Target, right? That's where I used to get, get some of my groceries, went in there. I just left the office, so, you know, I was suited and booted. Um, and so I went in there, and she saw me, and she had a different tune, right? <laughs> Her coworker was like, who is that? And then the next thing I know, I get, to, I get to the house, my phone's blowing up. The coworker up. is important coworker because is she important. had dismissed him. But the coworker right. said, who is that? Right. So I'm, at the, I'm back at the house. You know, you only, only one trip, right? You can't make two trips with the groceries. So I'm at the door, my phone blowing up like, who hit me up? Sure enough, hey, I, I want to take you up on that lunch offer that you uh, promised me at the club. <laughs> See, what happened was, from a woman's perspective, okay, I met him at Republic, which is the club, and I'm like, he, I vibed with him, but he gonna think I go out to the club. I'm not that chick. So I'm gonna disappoint him. I'm actually pretty boring. I didn't want to be out anyway. I was a DD for my friend. So I'm not gonna text him back because he gonna think I'm a party girl. I'm not a party girl. So I thought I was like saving him. But then he came in the Target and my coworker was like, dang, he's sexy. All that. I was like, no, 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 no. I got this. <laughs> I got his number. Let me hit him up. 
and we've been hanging out ever since. Dope, dope, dope. All right, so I know that you all have always had, you both have always had your entrepreneurial spirit. Did you build your brands that you have now before and it maximized during the relationship or were they brands that were kind of built as y'all started to uh, kind of build in the relationship? Yeah, so I feel like we both started to have momentum um, with our brands separately before we started. I think that was one of the things that attracted uh, us to each other because she had dated guys in the past who thought she was doing the most and couldn't, couldn't handle it. Um, and then she dated me and realized she could do even more. Um, hey. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, but nah, but we, um, we, Y'all we just. Y'all don't this ego right here. I'm just, come on now. I'm, but we just realized that, okay, we both had ambition um, and that was complimentary. Um, and so some, some of our brands definitely, you know, started beforehand, but I definitely can say once we got married, things kind of elevated to the next level for both of us. Um, but through support, it was possible. Yeah, so we have individual brands and we have a joint brand together called Melanin Matrimony where we kind of have these discussions at home and, and are pretty candid about making content about it so they can see that we come from different perspectives but get along and vibe out. And then, you know, some content I make on my own, some brand stuff I do on my own, and a lot of things he does independently too that's in his skill set. Right. One thing that I tell everybody when they find out that I know you, right, which is like you were on social media before, no, before anybody else was really on, on social media. So they look at your status now, they see how many followers you have, and they think that um, it just came out of nowhere. But that was a lot of work that I saw you put in over the years of now we know, what, eight, eight years or so? So, and I know that kind of has allowed you to learn how to build your brand. Talk about that. Talk about how that dynamic has helped you learn how to maximize it from your wife being so ambitious. Yeah, uh, just being willing to put yourself out there, right? I mean, because I think in 2012, 2013, uh, we were looking back, and this is back when she had first started her online boutique, and she would post a picture of, like, somebody else wearing her stuff, and it was, like, a few likes. Uh, she would post a picture of just the merchandise by itself, less likes. She would post a random picture of herself, you know, four times the likes. And so what we realized back then is, like, if you're willing to put yourself out there in an authentic way, people will vibe with you. So I kind of, you know, saw what she was doing, respected it, and then followed suit um, and did the same thing and had been able to, you know, get some pretty decent momentum as a result of it. Cool. So, so my question to you, I'm going to stay on you, George. What do you feel like you have sacrificed when it comes to your ambition um, in your marriage? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like what I've sacrificed is just like being on go mode hundred percent. Cause when I was, you know, single, um, you know, my, I was very rigid with my schedule, you know, it was like, it was what it was. I did what I wanted to do on my own time. Um, but when you get married, you can't, you can't always do that. Right. You got to stop. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, compassion requires interruption. Right. And so just learning that I have to just stop and prioritize my relationship, uh, is the same way I value my business. Right. And it's a, still an ongoing struggle. I don't want to paint the picture. Like, you know, I had this hard cut off at a certain time and we have it all figured out. But it's just a constant struggle of remembering that if your marriage fails, then this empire that you built means nothing. Right. So. And, and one of the biggest things that I can say just in general about marriage is whatever you think you have figured out from your experience of dating, it's nothing like the realities that are presented when you're actually married. So what are some of the things that are, you feel like you've sacrificed uh, as far as your ambition for your marriage? I'm somebody who, everybody knows what love languages are? Have y'all heard of that? So um, his is acts of service, mine is quality time. So one of the sacrifices I would say is because we're both super ambitious, 
I would say we both would work all day. Um, I sacrificed. Oh, that sounds important. Who did you crack your screen? I just got mm. that phone. I'll be a good wife. Get that. Okay. I, I, got okay. it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, I sacrifice, I would say, quality time with him okay. on a relational level. Because okay. we could be in the house, but we both could be working. Right. And we in the house, but we're not connected. Right. So I'm that one that's like, hey, so when's our heart stop? When are we watching Netflix? When are we cuddling? When are we chilling? Speaking um, of which, that stupid show. Yeah, I drug him Love into it. Have y'all watched Love is Blind? So I tortured George, and he said it How many people watch Love is Blind? So I've good. heard like two or three people talking yes, about that today. In fact, my intern it. in the back was talking about that earlier. You got to watch it. So that's yeah. something that he could give two craps about, right? But he knows, all right, we've been working all day, working all week, working all night. If she wants one Netflix series a month, you know, I don't feel like I'm that needy. He stayed up at 4.30 in the morning and watched that with me. And had like... <laughs> it was hurt. Told me it was fake. <laughs> Who thinks it's fake? That, it's not real. Who thinks it's real? I think it's real. So we yeah. debated about that. But those things, we honestly don't get to do that often. Like, we very rarely watch TV because, as I mentioned, I'm working a nine to five, so when I get home, trying to squeeze a workout, trying to cook, and then I start back with my business endeavors, and we usually go to bed at one or two, frankly. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, power couple stuff. I mean, that's cool, but, like, it's a lot that comes with two people who are equally ambitious, right? Because, you know, in a lot of situations, you'll see where maybe the, the man or the woman is the one that's out there doing the thing and somebody else is in a supportive role, right? When both people are on go mode, there's a lot of things that can slip through the cracks, right? You know, so it's just a, it's an ongoing challenge to decide who is supposed to be responsible for the cooking, the dishes, the, you know, all the other stuff in between because it's not 1970. So it's like I can't just say, oh, well, it's your responsibility. So it's, that's definitely an ongoing. And that's kind of why I said in the intro, the, the dynamic of the household has to be reevaluated, redefined, and then reprioritized because it just doesn't look the same uh, as what it looked like probably when we saw either two parents in the household or even just our mother or our father. So let me ask you this, uh, which I think is a big thing uh, for us to talk about when it comes to relationships. What tactics have you all used to resolve issues? I can be very non-conflict and he's helped me be very direct because he is full of conflict in terms of like, <laughs> not conflict in a bad way, but like he's not shy to confront an issue and yeah. address it. And I will, it's Aries, and I'm a Pisces, so I'm in my feelings, I want to sleep on it, I want to vibe, do what I want. Um, so he's helped me communicate clearly and not be passive aggressive. Because I will tiptoe around something in a second because I don't want to argue, right? And he, he taught me that disagreeing isn't necessarily arguing. So we've learned a skill of really communicating differences and we have become comfortable respectfully challenging each other. So I'll give a, a, a lifetime example. Um, with household duties, right? George is a great partner in, George can cook like I can cook. George can do the dishes like I can do the dishes. George can do laundry like I can do laundry. So where, and I don't, I don't consider myself an alpha female. I don't think so, but I am very ambitious and very non-domestic by nature. Yeah, and, and that's a good thing to talk about. Let but go finish, finish, that's a good thing. So um, a dialogue mm -hmm. that we have quite frequently is, all right, hey, you mad what's for dinner? Or, right. you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I got work to do like you got work to do. So it's the <laughs> dynamic of he's not right. passive and I'm not passive. We both work very hard. So it is a dynamic on like, okay, so if I cook, you do dishes, right? Because I got stuff to do for my business and, and vice versa. Hey, Madge, I washed clothes. Can you fold the clothes? 
and, and that's a little bit of a, God is working on me with that. Because I can, in my, if I had my way, we would have a cleaner, a cook, all the services in the world so we could just hustle all day, right? Um, and I'm learning. Doesn't make sense to me. That with his love language being access service, <laughs> I have to do service, which for me uh. is humbling. And for me, I'm learning, all right, do you have to do this block tonight or can you show him that you love him in this way? So I'm learning to prioritize him as much as my ambition. To, if, if I, so if I can chime in on that, I think one of, from a tactic perspective, to go back to your question, one of the things we had to realize was like deflecting something and not bringing it up is just going to show up in another way anyway, right? And so it's important just to go ahead and get it out and address it because what you think you're shielding me from or what you think like you're preventing from an argument standpoint, all it's going to do is show up in another capacity, Yep. right? And so, <laughs> I, 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 agree? I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And so, we, just, were, we were roommates. So, yeah, we were so we on the same page. <laughs> there. On the same page. And, <laughs> and so, with that, it's just like me trying my best to read her and understand when she's like not bringing something up and addressing it right there in the moment. Because if not, all it's going to do is, is keep showing, showing this ugly head. And so, we've gotten decent at, you know, recognizing those moments and saying, and just having a conversation right there in the moment, right? Because if not, we just find ourselves, it keeps showing up, keeps showing up, keeps showing up, and, you know, you never deal with it. Cool. So I have two, maybe three more questions, but I have two questions that I want to make sure that we get to. What have you, in a direct way, taken self-accountability for? I'm accountable that I've learned that he can't read my mind, so I drop hints leave little, you know, crumbs for him to figure out what I'm thinking, and he doesn't. So I'm accountable when I don't get the outcome that I want. I have to really check myself. Like, did I clearly communicate to him that I wanted that? Um, and, and if an outcome doesn't turn out the way I want, instead of me being defensive with him, I take accountability for if I'm not direct, I can expect him to figure out what I want. Yeah. To her point, like, you can't get mad at someone for doing something you didn't tell them they couldn't do. Right. So like you, you just go through life assuming like, well, I would never do that. Well, we're not the same person. Um, and so one of the things that I've done from a self-accountability standpoint is I grew up that you don't get credit for what you're supposed to do. Right. Like I remember I came home one time and I had like all A's and a B and my homeboy had like straight C's and he still got the Jordans. And I was like, Mom, why I didn't get the J's? She's like, you, you're supposed to be getting straight A's and a B. Right. So that mentality has been instilled in me. The bed's supposed to be made. The house's supposed to be clean. There's not, that's not extra credit, right? Like, that's just the standard. And so where I have to take self-accountability is that I'm normalizing and becoming too familiar with things that somebody else might not do for me. And so just having, approaching the relationship from a place of gratitude, and even though things in my mind, in my world are standard, um, still acknowledging that before I call out the thing that is not done, right? Because what, what I'll do if I come in the house and it's like maybe three or four things that are done, my mind just reverts to the thing that's not done. Like, why is this not done? But she's like, well, I did this, but I did this, but I did this. And it's not that I'm not recognizing that. I'm just thinking, oh, of course she did that. That's, that's part, of the, you know, part of the game. I'm coming with receipts. Um, yeah. And he like, but you missed the spot. And I'm like, right. bro, but I didn't do this and this and this. Right. But we realized that I come from a family that celebrates the smallest things, like the participation trophy family. <laughs> so if I made the bed, like I would get up and not make the bed because I'm like, I'm getting back in it later at night. <laughs> he likes the bed made. So I feel like this is a gesture I'm doing for you. I need to know that you saw it. Right. And he won't even say nothing about the bed. He'll be right. like, oh, but you left a pot in the sink. And I'm like, right. bro, but I made the bed. So we learn, hey, before you call me out on the miss, 
And that's a, that's a real struggle. That whole sandwich thing. Is that what you call right. it? Like, yeah, I'm right. a sandwich. Like good. The <laughs> that's a struggle for me. With the, the constructive, the good. But that's what I'm working. That's what I'm accountable for. Is working towards that. So cool. All right. Last question. What would you tell your single self to get married? Right. So like you're single, you're dating. What would you tell your single self? Honestly, in the theme of the topic, that it is possible to partner with someone just as ambitious if you put in the effort to make it work. Because I think when I was dating, I found myself being attracted to the extremes. Of like someone who had nothing going on, so I'm their world. So after work, they got all the free time. and just like, what are we doing? I'm like, I got stuff to do. All and right. so then they're like, well, you don't have time for me. You're too busy. You're too ambitious. You're trying to be too much of a boss chick, whatever. Or I was attracted to super boss guys that they were too busy for me. And I'm like, so when, we, when can I see you, bro? Yeah. And we were a good match. And I, honestly, he's like a unicorn. Um, so I'm grateful and I'm glad I didn't settle for someone who I didn't feel like was a good match and waited for this match. Because honestly, I, I joke with him and I call him my chief marketing officer because a lot of the content that I put out, he's the brains behind if I get in my head. I bounce it off of him and he gives me feedback and ideas all, all right. the time. Um, so it's a good iron sharpens iron, for sure. Good, good, good. Yeah. I would say um, to design, try to design your life from a, like a business lifestyle alignment standpoint. And what I mean by that is like, before you think about getting married, you just think about the, the ambition. You're just like, I want to build the biggest thing, right? I want to build the biggest thing. But what almost like a tree. What are all the branches that come with that tree? Right? I don't think we think about that. There's a lot that comes with that. So if marriage is something I'm saying I want to prioritize, how do I design a life and a business that are in alignment so that I'm not constantly at war with both of them? Right? Because once you get so deep in something, it's hard to unravel it because you're already locked in on the vision versus if you can reverse engineer what is the process to intertwine the whole thing along the way, mm -hmm. it might be a, a, a less a easier road. All right. So. so as we transition to bring on our next guest, who is Yami, um, one of my homies um, that I've appreciated getting to know over the years, um, I think a good topic is also to kind of talk about how we were friends mm -hmm. before we got married and right. our influence on each other helped us prepare for right. that lifestyle of marriage. What's 100%. your thoughts as far as when it comes to like understanding that when we talk about ambition and relationships, we aren't always talking about an intimate type of relationship, but it's also, you know, kind of having that success net network around you. 100%. I don't think it's no coincidence that we talk about it probably at least once a year. Uh, like a lot can happen in a year, right? And so Curtis and I made a strategic decision. We both were, you know, doing our own thing. We didn't know, I didn't know at the time I was getting, gonna get married soon, but we, like, we knew our life was gonna shift in the right direction, right? So locked in, connected, and then as a result of that synergy, um, our business and the decision-making and the mindset that we had in that season allowed both of us to be prepared to go down that road, right? Because shortly after, you met Kel, and then obviously the rest is history, you got a tribe now, all that good stuff. I got a tribe. Right? <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's very important to have friends who are supportive of that, right? Because if you don't, then you know, you can find yourself like falling back in a certain lifestyle or just not feeling like that's what you want to do right now. Right. right. And so I think uh, having that support system, uh, success network, as we call it, is vital um, in your growth. And you'll be surprised what can happen when you have the right people in your circle. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. And now, if you could put your hands together for Yamin Thomas.